So you either have to wait for your gas to refill. You are kidding me. Or if you want to do your next race, you can pay to get some gas. Wow. What? <laughs> what? No limits, though. No limits. This is need for no limits on this speed, but uh, you are out of gas, sir. <laughs> so you're a little limited right now. <laughs>
a lot of that was through free DLC, which if if I'm going to be a proponent of DLC, mm-hmm. it's going to be free DLC right, right. for sure. And there's been a lot of great games with free DLC, and we'll talk about that. But let's get into it. Does DLC make developers of games lazy? I think it doesn't so much make them lazy, but it makes them a little overambitious. Okay. You, you know? You think in the back of their head they're always... I may say, lazy might not be the right term, but in the back of their heads, do you think all developers of modern games now are like, well, maybe we'll, let's not spend as much time on this and figuring this out because worst case scenario, you know, we can always patch it later. Because right. I guess there's a, definitely a difference between patches uh-huh. and DLC uh- that sometimes they, they sort of get confusing and they sort of cross each other. But. Right, yeah, yeah. So I, I think um, games are potentially um, rushed to release before they're ready, thinking, you know, we can either patch it or, oh, this part can be DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's beat the competition. Let's get our game out sooner. Right. And if, you know, there's some issues with it, we'll hope people won't run into those bugs. Right. The game-breaking bugs. Well, you got to do very specific things to break the game. We'll fix it later. Yeah. That's scary to me. Mm-hmm. But again, that's that thing of, is a patch the same as DLC? Right. What do you think? I mean, um, I mean, it is downloadable content after the fact. You know, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it is in the way that DLCs traditionally thought of or, or you know and i would agree it, what it's intended to be yeah, i would agree uh, generally a patch a bug fix patch whatever is not really dlc right. but sometimes what really is dlc gets referred to as a patch mm-hmm. uh, i know for final fantasy 15 is probably that that's the game i've had the most experience with patches because it's one of the only games where i bought the season pass up front mm. i don't buy season passes i was gonna say that's unusual no yeah i like the game, a complete experience. Octopath Traveler, mm-hmm. no planned DLC. Good. The game is what it's supposed to be, whether you love it or hate it, or you just think it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are your three options. <laughs> and with Final Fantasy XV, they, they planned, they knew they were going to have a bunch of DLC. And Final Fantasy XV was sort of a weird situation where there was some DLC that was great, and I can appreciate what it was doing, and then there's DLC and patches that did things to the game that made it a different game. Mm. And that, I think, is a problem. So Final Fantasy XV, I was fine with. And there was a big com- uh, big sort of complaint about sort of the, the end game chapters where it's like this, this long hallway of just fight after fight. This later patch sort of modified the way that chapter plays out. Mm. Like, it's different. It made it... I, th- I think it made... I haven't played through it. I've only played through the original version that's that pre-patched. And I don't know... I guess the only way to play that version now would be if you bought... If you have an original copy of the game and aren't connected to the internet. Right. Right? Right. So in a way, that isn't preserved. So it kind of comes back to video game preservation wow. and preserving what the original intent was of the game. Yeah. Because that chapter is completely different. I mean, it's not completely different, but it's... It's heavily modified and plays different mm-hmm. than in the original playthrough of what the game would have been. And even if it's made it way better and way more enjoyable, it do, do you erase the old? 
because that's the kind of DLC patching that's like, oh, no, it's for, it makes it better. People really didn't like this. We've gone through and we fixed it. We've also made it impossible to downgrade because I don't think it's possible to go back and backdate your your version number on your games. No, can you? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think, as far as I know, on PS4, it's not like you can uninstall a patch. Right. 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 Maybe. Maybe you can. I, it's not something I've had experience with, and I don't think the layperson would know how to do it right. or would even think that you could. Right. So in a way, that original experience is lost. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've, I've recently talked about game preservation in a, in a different format on the channel, and this is something that I think about with DLC and the changes that happen to modern games where there might be people out there who really loved the way that the game played all the way through, mm-hmm. regardless of, of people who hated on that sort of ending chapter. But they have no way to experience that again if they were forced to patch their game to continue playing it. That That's kind of weird to me. Right. And that, again, kind of goes with the whole mobile gaming aspect, which is really heavily focused on updates and constant DLC and yeah. new things. And uh, the other thing about Final Fantasy XV that's great are the, uh, the sort of bonus experiences that you had with the other main characters besides the main character Noctis, Gladiolus, Ignis, and um, what you sort of do is you go off on these side quests and you just are focused on that character and their own separate story that that adds something to the main game, but it's not necessary. Right. And I'm okay with that DLC. And it came out relatively quickly after the game launch. I played Gladio's story and I really liked it. It mm-hmm. was good. I have not played Ignis's. I've not, I've not played the other ones. And it's just a matter of time, I think. And we talked about this briefly on another episode where if it was all there at the beginning, I would have absolutely paid for it all up front and experienced it all in one package. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I have to go back and relearn the game and yeah. re-get, reinvest in the story to appreciate all the DLC. They added a multiplayer thing called Comrades where you can go online and do these other things. I think as Kingsglaive members, oh, you wow. make a character and you can do these side missions. And they've added a lot of patches that also change the way the game plays because i believe that change to that chapter happened as a patch but to me that's dlc because it heavily modified the content right via this download it wasn't hey we fixed this thing where if you use this particular weapon when you're fighting this boss the game crashes that to me is not dlc mm-hmm. it's just a modification to make the game work right it's a revision like on the old nes cartridges but you can do it on the internet right so is there a, a spot for i mean let's just say it here Overall, if I had to be black or white about it, um, though it don't matter if you're black or white, according to Michael Jackson, <laughs> my man. But oh, the re- hold on, I just let that sink in. Mm, I apologize. Do if I had to pick though, DLC or or wipe it and just what the game that comes out is the game you get, and that's mm-hmm. the way it stays. Mm-hmm. I would say no, I don't want DLC because you can you can uh, bastardize it, mm-hmm. you can pervert it, mm-hmm. and you can use it for uh, unnecessary financial gain <laughs> just to nickel and dime people. Uh-huh. And it makes it difficult for people to have the same experience. So if I went and talked to somebody who didn't get the season pass and only played the main game, and then I played, say, the full experience, all the DLC, all the patches, all the comrade stuff, and we're talking about Final Fantasy 15. 
my experience is going to be completely different. It's true. Yeah. In a way, it was like, oh, remember when in, you know, in Comrades, the side, it's like, oh, I didn't get the Comrades DLC. Right. So it's almost hard to, it's like you saw a different movie. It's the George Lucas effect. Right. Where, well, we kind of messed up, so what am I, this is what we really wanted Chapter 13 to look like. Uh-huh. The Unlucky 13. We wanted it to be like this, so we fixed it. No, I always intended for Jabba the Hutt to be CG. Yoda was supposed to be CG. If I could have done Yoda CG, you know. Yeah. This scene was supposed to be there. There was supposed to be more more extras there, but we couldn't afford it. Uh-huh. You know, that's why the... The fans despecialized Star Wars mm-hmm. to preserve the original art. Because once you put art out there, I've said this before, when you put art out there, it's kind of everybody's now. Yeah, right, right. You know, we it's not like I can take an episode of Digitally Distracted. All right, let me, I'm going to load this back up into Premiere because I want to modify the way we talked about this. This is what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. No, you said it. People have heard it, and now they're going to have a conversation about it. Deal with it, mm-hmm. okay? You referenced Michael Jackson's Black and White song. Can't cut it out. Sorry. Right, this is right. what you talked about. Right. Great song, by the way. So do you, if you had to pick, are you on the side of DLC? Are you a DLC supporter? Are you a supporter of the Dilk? Um, I, oh, man. Um, I am in so much as I like delaying gratification and I like stretching out an experience. I like to delay it. Satisfy it, stretch it. Yep. Stretch it, satisfy it, delay it. Right. Okay? So, so you um, want to get as much out of it as you can right. over the longest period of time. Right. Whereas I'm sort of the opposite. I like to get it all up front, experience it as a complete tale. Uh-huh. So um, my most recent experience with DLC, I reference it frequently, Witcher, Witcher 3. Um, <laughs> the only game Gerald plays. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> so much! Um... So, you know, I played the base game, and then first DLC came out, um, Hearts of Stone, and then the second DLC came out, Blood and Wine, and um, just waiting for the DLC to drop was sort of like like Christmas was coming. So you did know you, what I mean? So you were like day one when that DLC came out, you played oh, yeah. it the day it came out, yeah. finished it up, and they were waiting. Yeah. Did you season pass it or did you individually buy it? No, no, I season passed it. Okay, so you were... Yeah, because I was so... I loved the base game so much, Mm -hmm. you know, where I would just, like, take my money. Just take it. Like, I trust you. Do you usually buy season passes up front for games? No, 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 no. Is it just because you already had that Witcher fandom? Yes. Yeah, and I had my... I had that faith in um, CD Projekt Red. You knew you would like it. Yes, me, I was taking a chance when I went with the season pass for 15 because I, I wanted to go all in. I, I'd given up on Final Fantasy. This was its chance to redeem itself. I'm going to give it as many possibilities, as, as many chances as possible to be good. Mm-hmm. So I went with the season pass so I would get, be able to experience all the content. Unbeknownst to me, not as familiar with DLC, didn't know how spread out it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Wow. Didn't know what it was going to change. I mean, the three side stories from the other, from the brotherhood of Noctis's gang, like I said, they were fine. Because there is a, a part in 15 where you're around the campfire, I believe. It's been a while since I've played. And Gladio, who's sort of your, your caretaker in a way, in a different way than Ignis, he's sort of your, your bodyguard. Right. The bodyguard of the prince. And he's like, hey, I got I to gotta go deal with something. 
Um, I gotta, I gotta figure something out. I'll be back. And he just leaves, and he's kind of gone for a while. And it's mm-hmm. like, wait, what? In the game, it seems very out of place, mm-hmm. and it's because they planned for this DLC from the beginning. Mm. They knew they were going to do these three side episodes for each of the of Noctis's crew, mm-hmm. and I wish it felt more congruent, mm-hmm. like it like it flowed better with the game, where it was like. I didn't really care because I, I gave they gave me such little information about what Gladio was doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, whatever. They just want me to not have him for a while. Right, right. Maybe it'll right. get explained when he comes back. No, he just shows up. He's like, hey guys, I'm back. Knock, I'm back. I'm back, knock. And they just whatever. You just don't even think about it. Weird. Instead of being like, maybe something happens or a message comes or he, he's like very. I mean, I don't think a message comes. It, it, it felt like he just left. Mm-hmm. And then you find out when episode Gladiolus shows up. He goes off with Kor, who's a character you meet early in the game, um, to go through and do this. Uh, it's sort of a trial to earn this this weapon and and become uh, sort of appointed as the, as the sort of the king's bodyguard. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's going through, and it's this crazy trial. And it plays completely different than Noctis because you're playing as Gladio, and you couldn't initially change characters. You could only play as Noctis mm-hmm. in the game until these episodes started dropping. And then they updated the game to where you can now switch between the characters. Interesting. Changing the gameplay. And I 100%ed episode Gladiolus, which was very difficult. Probably one of the hardest things I've done on the PS4 hmm. was 100%ing Gladiolus's um, sort of challenge where you're going through, it's basically one dungeon where you're going through and then you're reaching the final boss, which is Gilgamesh. And it is a, a pain. Um, it's, it's beatable. But to beat it in the requirements to earn the trophies is very difficult. You have to do it in a certain time limit. You have to do it um, without taking a certain amount of damage or something like that. You have to get a certain score while also doing it in a certain time limit. So it was super hard. I remember flipping out down here trying to do it just over and over again, hours and hours. Uh, and he has hard for right. the last episode. Right. And that DLC, it's fine. So if we get into that gray area, that I'm okay with. But so the... DLC and Witcher, is it within this the main storyline, or is it just in addition to? Does it feel like these little sidestep stories? How does it fit in? Does it flow? Yeah, you know, it's in addition to. Um, they definitely would have been side quests, but they're they're too significant, really, to be called side quests. So like, they're like significant side quests. Do they happen within the grander story, or do they happen after the final sort of? what would be the end of Witcher 3. Right. I feel like they could happen um, simultaneously. Um, you wouldn't necessarily want to in that the the main storyline of Witcher 3 is sort of uh, time sensitive. So you have this sense like you have to hurry up and achieve your objective because you're going to run out of time basically. So there wouldn't be time for you to go off and do these DLC right. more than side quests. Right. So they right. sort of happen so they do happen outside of the main story in a way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So in, whereas 15s happen within it. Right. While you're the main character is doing his thing, which I guess having separate characters makes that more possible whereas you're stuck with, you know, your uh your clone, right. Geralt, Geralt, right. Geralt, Geralt. Yeah. Um I think we I feel like we have similar hair. Um, <laughs> same exact really. <laughs> Side, let's get a split screen up. Right. <laughs> same guy. It's the same guy. Um, <laughs> um, 
So yeah, so it, I played it after I completed the main quest, obviously, and it, it made more sense for me, especially the end of Blood and Wine. Um, it really feels like it wraps up um, the character, really. Um, so it makes the game feel more complete. Yes. You think? Yes. Hands down, yes. So Witcher 3 highly benefits from the story editions of the DLC. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So you would say you're you're a proponent of DLC. Yeah. You're it, all in for DLC. Now, it, uh, yes. Having said that, I feel <laughs> like the DLC was done properly in this instance. It's not always done properly. Okay. You know? Well, let's talk about that, shall we? Um, yeah, I mean, um, I feel like I feel like I'm, I play two games, and that's it, and it's Witcher Three and Mass Effect. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it happened with Mass Effect, you know, where the third one came out, and people loved it, <laughs> right? <laughs> Big fans all around, right? Um, and then they went back and and dropped the DLC and said, no, no, this is the way it's supposed to be, or and um, you actually like the original. I do like the so, original. So the DLC for Mass Effect 3 heavily modified the experience, you think? Um, or the story? Whereas 15, 15's DLC, I think, modified the story in a way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, w I, would, I would definitely agree uh, with 15. Um, so. so good DLC is something that I'm okay with it adding a side quest that I actually am okay with DLC that doesn't heavily impact the story. Mm-hmm. Because then, like I said, you don't have to have played it to get the full experience. You out. know what I'm against? I'm against um, the developer tells a story. It's received in a certain way, and there's outrage. And, and then they, the developer says, "Oh, we, we, we really didn't mean that. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll change it." So the like I said, the George Lucas DLC. Yes, I am. I'm the same way. I'm against George Lucas DLC because yeah, people maybe people didn't like that chapter in fifteen. Okay, whatever, it's established. Spend that time patching or, or adding something to the game in addition that's fun outside of that. Right. right. It's, it'll just be known as a thing like, oh, man, I really hate that corridor in that one game. Right. It just becomes a part of the game. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a great game. I really hate this part. Yeah. You don't have to like the entire game. Right. It's nice to have parts of a game that you you persevere through it. You struggle through it because you like the overall game. Yeah. And I'm not saying that <laughs> it... it it kind of gives the illusion that I'm saying games should have parts that suck. I'm not saying that. No, no, no. But it does make you appreciate because when you see flaws in games, you appreciate everything that's good. Not every it's a balance. Right. Right. And so good DLC, if I were to list it, which I've conveniently done. Here, that is convenient. Look uh, at that. Side quests are okay. Uh -huh. Um maybe expanded story is okay, you would say. Mm -hmm. So these are I'm trying I put I put good DLC question mark. That's how I wrote this because mm -hmm. I don't know. Additional story that fleshes out a game, which is kind of what happens with Fifteen, where Gladio goes off to us. It's like, oh, Gladio is going and taking that trial. That makes sense. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't gotten into the Ignis and Pronto story, so I don't know. Pronto's looks crazy, um, intense, but time finding time very difficult. DLC is taking more of my time. Another problem with DLC. Right. Side stories. Uh, but let's be honest, the best DLC, the most perfectly implemented DLC, uh, would be Rock Band. <laughs> no. Because it's just you just download songs. Yeah. And there's no way around that. You have to, because they can't afford to give it away for free. Right, right, so right. So I understand you gotta charge to get the DLC, download the songs you want. 
Because if they gave them all away, the game would be several thousands of dollars. Right. So you just download the songs you want. See, and Rock that, Band nailed DLC. That that is <laughs> nobody uh, that, whined that's about. That's another good example where I feel like if there was enough of a fan base fo- following for you, can sort of request songs. Mm. You know, like that's that's something I could get behind. Yeah. So and that it shows how different DLC is because mm-hmm. you have DLC where it's little additives that do not change the experience because a different song in Rock Band does not change the story or the way Rock Band is played by any means. Right, right, right. right. So whether you're playing a song from the Beatles or you're playing Ghostbusters right, by Ray Parker Jr., the ultimate goal and the story and the play mechanics don't change. Right. That's that kind of DLC, additive DLC. And then you have DLC that gets its mitts into things like changing the story, modifying side quests, um, adding new stages that weren't there before. Right. You know, there's a big difference between adding a stage or a chapter to a game than adding a little uh, additive. Additive. So, uh, good DLC exists for sure. I, I would say free versus paid. Okay. Because sometimes DLC is free. Mm-hmm. A great example of free DLC would be, uh, I believe, Splatoon. Mm. Splatoon is uh, free DLC. All their DLC stuff, I believe, is free. There's some other games. Trying to think of these other free ones, but then there's the paid DLC uh, for these bigger experiences. Um, no Man's Sky, like I said, all of their updates and DLC has been free, mm-hmm. as far as I know. And I, I believe now it's to the point where it's No Man's Sky Next. Mm. It's like the next update is what they call it, which is also free. But I wonder if it would have been free if the game was well received. Right? They're like, ah, we better, we can't be charging people for this. Right? I remember No Man's Sky, like within a couple months, was twenty dollars. Yep, and it was touted as this major experience that was going to come out well even final fantasy 15 had some free dlc that got added in like they did the uh the chocobo moogle carnival dlc they did an assassin's creed festival where you could sort of dress up like you're in assassin's creed and there was like some cool missions based on assassin's creed that was all free stuff Hmm. um it was timed but it was free so I kind of like that. And it allowed you to get like special weapons that you would only be able to get if you attended those festivals or carnivals. Sometimes paid DLC makes sense. Like like the season pass for 15 adds those extra episodes. For Witcher, the do you think the effort involved in the amount of content you got from those additional DLC packs of quests were did should they have been free? Or no. do you think paying for those was well? That was fair. How much was a do you think? Well, the season pass, I guess, was what, like twenty bucks up front or something. I, I forget. I really forget. How many packs did you end up getting? Like three, four? Uh, two. 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 So you pay for the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes they'll do that where the season pass gets you the the first two DLCs, mm-hmm. and then after that, you still got to pay for them. Yeah. Whereas the season pass for fifteen, I think, give you everything. Up yeah, front. they were totally worth it. They totally. I mean, you got your money's worth. No yeah. question. No question. Okay. No question. So do you think it's realistic to think that all DLC should be free? Um, I don't. You know, um, if it's... I don't have any problem paying money for it if it's worth it, mm-hmm. you know? Do you think the developer's mindset is, we want to keep going with this game, these are things we want to add to the game, and we have to charge for it to make it worth our time, or do you think it's the other mindset where they think... Okay, we got this game out. 
let's sell some DLC. What could we add to the game? Which do you think they start thinking? Let's let's oh, this would be really cool to add to the game. Or do you think they they start the other mindset of what could we add to the game to charge people for? No, I do, I it could depend depend on the developer too. Yeah, that's true. I think it could go both ways. Yeah, honestly, um, hopefully you're doing it the former. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a part of the story you want to tell. It's almost like with huge games, I don't know if there's new games that are big titles that don't plan to have DLC. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think games really come out anymore I, where they're I, not like, oh, there's got to be a DLC at right. some point. I feel like, you know, money grabs are, are pretty obvious, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate seeing that. I really hate seeing that because it just, I feel like it wastes everybody's time. Well, let's waste everybody's time because that's going to be our topic after the game break. The game break. All right, we're back. It's time for another Game Break fan mail style. This was sent in. Quite a heavy little box. Quite a heavy little box. I was wondering what it might be. Hmm. Gerald, I think we're in for a treat. Yeah? So I did preemptively open this because I wanted to make sure what it was. It was so heavy. Oh, wow. And sounded glassy. A little glassy. So this is direct from Amazon. Drop shipment. (laughs) A gift for you. Hey, Game Dave. Cheers from David Ulioff, who is a huge supporter of the show. I had the uh, the pleasure of meeting David Ulioff at Too Many Games this year. Huh. Um, very nice fella, and he treated me to quite a treat. Hmm. Which is usually what happens when you get treated. You get it's a treat. Yeah. And as soon as I opened this up and I saw the little gift thing, I was like, oh, I wonder wonder what it is. And then I realized as soon as I saw his name, what it could be. While we were at Too Many Games, mm-hmm. uh, when I after I met David, he he came by with a Japanese soda. He was like, "Hey, I grabbed a Japanese soda for you," and I've never actually had one. Huh? Uh, the ones with the little marble. You ever seen those? No. Well, you're about to. Uh, he was very nice to give me one, and I told him I was like, "You know what? I'm going to save this. I'm going to drink it on stream and on a live stream." When I saw him show up in the chat, showed it, and I, I still have it over there. Oh yeah, I've seen that before. And he was nice enough to send over. Get out of here, David. Ooh. He sent us a six pack. Wow. Of Ramune <laughs> naturally flavored. This is original, premium carbonated soft drinks. Huh. Japanese soft drinks. So I figure let's bust one out. Let's do it. So thank you very much, Ulioff, yeah, for sending you. these out. Thanks, David. I tried to give these a little bit of a chill. And there we go. Look at That's that. That's what you threw into the fridge. Yeah. See, I didn't let him know ahead of time. Sneaky. Now, oh, it, yeah. it says, I've only had grape before, because that was the one that David nicely offered. Okay. Offered up. So I've had the grape flavor. I've never had original. Original would be. I wonder what original is, yeah. Uh, well, it does say uh, sangria. So it clearly would taste like sangria. No, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that's what that means. Naturally flavored. So have you ever, never done with, uh, never dealt with this before? No. Well, don't make a mess, because here we go on this game break. So th- it's kind of a game. Number one, serve drink chilled. Mission accomplished. Number two, remove plastic film. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. Very good at this. And then you're going to pop out the center from the cap, which will be used to open the bottle. Okay? So, here's the cap here. It's okay. Got this little this little center piece uh-huh. that you're going to use. And you'll see there's a marble. See that marble in there? 
you can if you just tap it, you'll feel. Oh it. yeah. So this pops the marble. Uh huh. Okay. You just push it down to access your delicious drink. Um, generally, you, you break it out. Usually. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Like so. See that? Yeah. So now we have our our plunger mm-hmm. and careful because it can get. <laughs> I I like to do it. Normally, what people will do is they'll take it, and I've seen this before. And Gerald and I don't like messes. No. We're not fans of messes. No. But they'll take it and they'll just slam it and it will just whoosh. You don't want that. No. So I, I'm usually a thumb thumb boy. So ready? Shall uh-huh. we? Nice and easy. Oh. We did it. Look at that. We are pros. And now. Ooh. Describe it. Describe the smell. What what fl- what notes do you detect? Original. I definitely detect a, a hint of original. Mm-hmm. Strong. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Uliath. Thank you, David. Mm. Mm. That is unique. That's good. I don't know about that. I like that. I like grape. I definitely prefer the grape. Uh, but this isn't, it's not terrible at all. It's, it's clear. Anytime I see a clear drink that's carbonated, I always think it's going to be some lemon-lime Sprite 7-up-ish right. Flavor, but I I cannot put my taste buds on it. I like it. I I like it a lot. Well, we got four more. Mm. Ramune, not a sponsor. You know what I like most about these is the lack of aftertaste. A lot of times with like grape sodas and things, you get that yeah. weird aftertaste. Yeah, it's very light. Uh, welcome back to Flavor Dave and Gerald. Right, we're just reviewing uh, drinks now. I'll tell you what's been awesome. I'm so glad we shared the P.O. box because this has allowed us to have quite quite a little bit of extra fun. Yeah. Mm. Ah. This is really good. Yeah. So your first Japanese soda experience. Yeah. How yeah. do you say thank you in Japanese? Arigato. 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 Mm. Domo. Arigato. Mr. <clears throat> Gerald. <laughs> well, thank you very much, David. That's going to do it for our game break, and we're going to just hang on to these because yeah. we got more drinks. Always more drinks about. Yeah. Well, let's try some other flavors down the road. Yeah. For sure. Grape was good. I really liked the grape. Original. Doesn't particularly sound appetizing. Original. No. Really good. No. I thought it was going to be more plain. I was, I was surprised. I was definitely surprised. Yeah. So looking back at Dilk, getting back into our Dilk while you enjoy your treat, we've got... To talk about bad DLC. Yeah. And, you know, there are, there can be good DLC, but if it was black and white, I would say, you know, let's just just do, get as much done, make the complete game the first time around. Mm-hmm. And if you need to patch it, that's okay. Patches are okay. Um, a lot of times I like to, to feel like it's that thing of ownership, mm. where if a bunch of DLC comes out, it's hard for me to feel like I own the whole game. Because those episodes, not until more recently, unless they come out with a, a got game of the year, a gotti version. Right, right. Game of the year versions usually will have all the DLC included right. on the disc. Right. Those versions I like to pick up. So I almost find myself like... Excuse me. Oh, boy. Ramune! <laughs> Ramune. <laughs> I find that happening, you know, I already rebuy games foolishly anyway. And then it gets even worse where 
I'll buy a game when it comes out. Like I, I picked up Fallout Four, mm. and then it's like, oh, I get now I want to get the the full version that has all the extra stuff in it. Mm-hmm. I did that with Final Fantasy Fifteen. Like I said, I, I had Fifteen. I paid for the season pass, but then when the Royal Edition came out, I picked it up. Picked up the Royal Edition, yep. so the DLC was on the disc. Was I I'm here, assuming was I here when that came? You were here when we had the same conversation when Sonic the Sonic Mania That's game because right. it was right. gold. That's right. But yeah, the Royal Edition. I think I hope the DLC is on the disc. Otherwise, I really wasted my time. If it's just codes in there, infuriating, infuriating, infuriating. Look at another taste of this ramune. I, I think I just finished mine. Mm. I think. Mm. Mm. For those of you enjoying the audio ASMR version. <laughs> Sorry. Of uh, <laughs> so, the sorry. podcast. <laughs> With the ring ting, tingly tings of <laughs> Gerald. If you hear any any banging, that's just Gerald's marbles. <laughs> just banging on the mic here. I'm going to get, I'll get a sip. Why not? Just, mm, mm. We're going to attract a whole new crowd for this episode. <laughs> oh, yes. Mm. Fizzy, delicate, light, airy, and delicious. <laughs> But now back to bad things. Mm. Uh, one of the worst offenders, I think, of DLC, it, it's it's not really downloadable content. It has become so uh, more so with the newer version. The Sims. The mm. Sims. Known for their stuff packs. You know it's bad when they call it stuff packs. Yeah. It's just things. Yeah. And a lot of times it doesn't really add much to the game. And you'll spend sometimes $20... Uh, Clint from Lazy Game Reviews uh, does a lot of reviews of these Sims games and and Sims add-on packs. Friend of the show, uh-huh. Clint, Lazy Game Reviews, great guy. You don't need to check him out because you already know who he is. He's huge. Uh, he really gets frustrated where he'll review like a $20 Sims 4 add-on pack. Mm. And it's like, wow, uh, two benches and it added a couple lamps that I can buy to put in my house. Right. It's disappointing. There's yeah. like a Katy Perry Sims uh, DLC, shoo, add-on pack. A lot of times those come with like physical versions, but as you move forward, a lot of that's DLC. Who, who is that a VR experience? Joshua Bell. <laughs> the Joshua <laughs> Bell virtual reality experience. Right? So add-on stuff packs is where we get into really bad DLC. Fighting games, notorious mm. for having bad DLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, paying to add characters. That's huge. Even Smash Brothers, my beloved Smash Brothers, once it made it to the Wii U, they're like, you know what? We're going to add DLC. And I was like, oh, why? Why? Cloud. Cloud. I had to buy Cloud. Right? Cloud in a Nintendo fighting game? Cloud was in Smash Brothers. It's no brainer. It's a no brainer. A snow bro brainer. So I definitely picked up Cloud. I picked up all the DLC for Smash Brothers because I'm a big fan of Smash. Yeah. I'm not as good as I once was. In my old age. I was going to say, it's, it's the arthritis kicking yeah. in. I, dude, I can't. My wrist. Speaking of, we got to talk about wrist pain because my wrist has been hurt. Really? Yeah. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Injuries wow. abound. All right. Uh, but so I picked up all the DLC for Smash. I'm super excited for Smash Ultimate, which has been announced. Everybody's included. <clears throat> Every character that's ever been in Smash Brothers is going to be in Smash Ultimate on Switch. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Holy smokes. They're bringing back... Uh, uh, who? Uh, Simon Belmont from Castlevania. Get out of here! He's gonna be in it, man. Amazing. I have a soft spot for Castlevania. So when I pick it up, I've already oh. pre-ordered it. Let's come over and have to yeah. have to smash. We're gonna smash. We'll maybe live stream it. 
once my uh, life uh, smooths out a little bit right. and, and I'm able to live stream more again yeah. <laughs> and not die, I'd love to have you on do some Smash. I miss seeing uh, Garietta Rain Sprinkler. Oh, Garietta Rain Sprinkler. Yeah, I got to bring back uh, the, the Neverwinter Night streams we were doing on, on Twitch. Man. It's just so hard because those were midday streams and now I'm back to work. I enjoyed them. It's a rough thing. Yep. Uh, with Mortal Kombat. So Mortal Kombat 9 uh, sort of brought the series back and was an amazing game. Mm -hmm. And I picked it up uh, on release day. And at first, great. And then they started adding DLC packs. At first it was okay. And then they added, ooh, classic skins. Trying to get me with my nostalgia. Classic Scorpion. Classic uh, Reptile. Classic Sub-Zero. I will not fall for that. It's hard, man. I like... The look of the original, the aesthetic DLC. So aesthetics, visual DLC, mm -hmm. where I can appreciate that DLC because it's optional. Mm -hmm. So getting a Scorpion costume for four ninety nine, uh, the great thing about it is it doesn't affect the way the game is played. Okay. So me getting that Scorpion costume, and somebody who can't afford to get that Scorpion costume. I don't have any advantage over them in the in the battle. Gotcha. So that's great. You know, it's it's stupid, but you know what? It's fine because it doesn't break the game for anybody. I can see that. So that's okay. Um, another great example of that, uh, as much as I've I've not played the game, Fortnite, Fortnite free to play, battle royale game. Everybody's playing it. Mm -hmm. Everybody's everybody but us is playing Fortnite, Gerald. Yeah, we're the only two men not playing Fortnite. Yep, and with Fortnite, it's free to play. Where do they make their money? Visual DLC. Mm. We can buy different outfits and clothes and things and armor and colors and all that. Skins. That's how they make their money. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't affect the way the game plays. Great. Even play field. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And Mortal Kombat 9 uh, just did the character thing. Whatever. It's fine. But then... You get into Mortal Kombat X. Mortal Kombat 10 made some huge missteps. And you might not know about this. I did not know this because I waited on Mortal Kombat X because I heard there were a lot of issues when it came out. It sort of jumped ahead. There was a lot of new characters I didn't know. I liked the familiarity of Mortal Kombat 9 where it went back to the, like a retelling of the original story mm -hmm. of MK uh, of Mortal Kombat, which I liked so much. Whereas Mortal Kombat 10 sort of jumped, I think it was in the future. And there was all these other weird characters initially. And the older characters came back later. <laughs> Ramune! <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, ASMR burps. My apologies. Very, very burbly. Burbly and gurgly. So I, I stayed away from 10, and I didn't pick it up until it was XL, Mortal Kombat XL, which was... Ramune! <laughs> Another Ramune burp from Gerald. <laughs> Mortal Kombat X, the hashtag Ramune. <laughs> this is where we're at now. This is this is our life for the next 15 minutes of the podcast. Right. Right. <laughs> so I waited for XL, which is basically a game of the year version, included all the DLC and everything in one package, so I didn't have to buy it separately. That's what I do with fighting games now. Mm. I don't buy fighting games day one, except Smash, because everything's included. I wait until they release that complete version. And they did that with Mortal Kombat X. Got them. They did it with, uh, they'll, they'll do it with Street Fighter. All those games are going to come out with like these full, complete versions 
and I'll just wait. Because eventually they'll even be 20 bucks. Like They get so cheap. But one of the biggest faux pas of Mortal Kombat X, you could pay to unlock easy fatalities. Mmm, that's wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. I mean, it doesn't change the actual fight, but the idea is you would pay like $4.99 or something, and you would get five fatalities made easier to input. Mm. So the whole idea is to pull off a gory fatality, you have to be able to put in the the tricky, complicated moveset right. at the end when the finish him pops up on screen. Mm-hmm. So this allowed you to do like a quick like four button, like X circle, circle, triangle, and you would pull it off. Right. So you are paying for the ability to easily pull off a fatality? Yeah. That's the lamest money grab I think I've ever seen. Right. Until. Oh, no. Until. Ready for this one? This is horrible. Need for speed, mm-hmm. no limits. Need for speed, no limits. Not, you know, getting uh, getting older, but it was in the news. Need for speed, limits, no limits. Excuse me. For a game called No Limits, surprisingly limiting. <laughs> so wait for it. You ready for this? I'm ready. So you get through some races, and you know what cars need? They need gas, Gerald. Do you know that? Do you know cars use no, gas? No, you were kidding. So... Right, you do some races. Ah, I mean, I you gotta get some gas, right? You gotta get some gas. Need for speed, right? Gotta get some gas. No limits. So you either have to wait for your gas to refill. You are kidding me. Or if you want to do your next race, you can pay to get some gas. Wow. What? (laughs) What? No limits, though. No limits. This is need for speed. No limits on this speed, but uh, you are out of gas, sir. So you're a little limited right now. (laughs) Might be the worst offender of all time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mobile games, I think, are the worst offenders, though. Even more so than Need for Speed. No I, limits involved, uh, but limits. I don't know. I feel like that's pretty bad. And that be. is bad. That is bad, because it keeps you from being able to play. Uh, what really gets me, and the, maybe this is why I hate, maybe this is reason number 78 of why I hate mobile games so much. Unfoundedly. Is that they've t- they've perverted there mm. it is again Final Fantasy because they do these little mobile Final Fantasy games. Some have been really good, like three have been really good. Three games out of the like thirty that Square Enix have pooped out on your cell phone. Right. And there's one called oh what is it called? I don't know because I didn't buy it uh, or or download it. All the bravest. I think that's what it's called. I'm looking in my notes. I don't believe. But I think it's called Final Fantasy All the Bravest, and it's like a all the characters from Final Fantasy show up, and it's basically you're just doing battles. Mm. And it's one of those games where it's randomized unlocks for the characters. Sort of like drawing. You draw a card and hope you get the character you want. Gotcha. A lot of these games happen. Nintendo is starting to do that now. Uh, Fire Emblem... There's a Fire Emblem game, mm-hmm. same thing, where you do draws to try to get certain characters. But there's no guarantee. And you can pay for crystals to do, like, uh, premium draws. Mm. So you'd be more likely to get a five-star character or whatever. Right. So in this game, you can you do your random draws, or in All the Bravest. I think it's All the Bravest. You can go to the premium character shop and mm. get those premium characters that everybody wants. You know, the ones that clouds and, you know, the popular characters that right. people would want. Right. But you got to pay for them. And they make the game 
I would imagine, easier. I haven't played it, because right. I'm not going to pay for premium characters. Right. I'm not going to pay $5 to get a particular sprite, because it's 2D. It's just 2D sprite-based right. battle game. Right. That's the kind of DLC that, that really frustrates me, where you can buy premium characters. And that was the big backlash with Star Wars Battlefront. Yes. When that came out. Yes. Where you could, like, if you had the money... Like, you could do it naturally in-game. You could get enough in-game currency by playing the game to level all these characters up and get all the things unlocked, but, it like, somebody calculated it, like, how many years of play you'd have to do uh-huh. to unlock everything naturally uh-huh. as opposed to paying for it. Like, just, I'll just buy Darth Vader. I'll just buy Luke Skywalker. Right. You know, these overpowered characters or whatever. That goes back to what I was talking about, where it's fine if it's aesthetic. Right. It's just a visual change, but when you're using DLC to win the game mm-hmm. so instead of free to play pay to win so pay to win dlc i think most people can agree except for the people who have money and don't care right would agree that pay to win dlc is a no-no right. that sucks we shouldn't have it get it out of here right because that is strictly a cash grab and it makes the games unplayable especially when they're online actually it makes it even less valuable to play when it's a single player experience right and it's pay to win it's like, oh, yeah, I beat that level. I did spend $12, but I got through that next level. Right. Because I was able to level my characters up faster. Right. So that that's the deal. That's where DLC gets to be, like, the worst possible. Yeah. 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 So any other comments on DLC, Gerald, that you'd like to share while I get another sip of the burp-inducing right. Ramune? Ramune. Ramune. Mm. I've, I've, as you can imagine, experienced a ton of that being a big mobile gamer. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And it's it's to the point where, I mean, I just kind of gloss over at this point. Like, you almost expect it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, ding, ding. you know, for a limited time, this, for oh. 100 crystals and, you know, blah, 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 it's four ninety nine. I'm like, no, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, this week you can get twice as many crystals for the same price yeah. you pay normally. yeah, yeah. That stuff really turns me off. Mm-hmm. Really burns me up inside, right. Gerald. Yeah. So we'll see. I think the future uh, in RPGs, I, I don't. It's tough. I, it's really hard for me to decide if I'm okay with it or not. Mm. It's the finding that gray area. There's definitely DLC I hate. Um, I mean, 15. It wasn't terrible, but it it bothers me that they changed. They didn't just add to the story. The fact that they changed the way it played out. Yeah. That that kind of got tricky to me. Because like The Witcher, it just added more to it right. within the same... It didn't affect the story. And Correct. It, it didn't change the story. Correct. So that's kind of a... So DLC that goes the George Lucas route, I'd say we both agree. Not feeling that. No. What are your thoughts on DLC? Make sure you let us know in the comments. Yeah. Because I'm curious to see the discussion. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, we're going to go to the Q&A. We have a couple Q&A questions. So many to go through, really. Uh, we're just going to look at a couple. Okay. So going into RPGs a little bit, this is from Alex Krasny on Twitter. Alex. Now, this guy, I, I you know, because I stalk all of our fans, uh, this guy knows how to tie a tie. Do you know that? No. He's a professional tie tire. Tie tire. Tire of ties. He should help me with my tie. Get a nice Windsor knot. But he said, I was thinking about RPGs and what actually makes Final Fantasy VI or Final Fantasy VII an RPG, because we talked about genres. Mm-hmm. Is it just turn-based combat? Because you don't make any story choices. You don't even build your character in those games. You choose items, hmm. but you do that in a ton of games. Is it having a party? So he's just sort of putting out that question of, what is it that actually makes six and seven an RPG? Hmm. 
And it's that tricky thing of you could easily say, oh, well, it's because you're, you're put into the role of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the traditional sense of a JRPG does make me think turn-based combat. I think that fantasy or high fantasy setting helps. I know Seven is more of a modern take, but there are... He's running around with a giant sword, yeah. so let's be honest. It's not as modern as you might think. Yeah, there are soldiers with machine guns and armies, and there's technology, but it's not... That's where I, I would say it's more uh, steampunky, yeah. you know, a little high fantasy style. Um, that that genre alone can be be complicated. Somebody... There's another comment. I wish I had it, but there's this great comment. If, if it's you, leave the comment again on this video. A great comment about how we were talking about how genres are so different in film compared to video games mm-hmm. and how in film it's like, oh, it's a drama. Or in music, oh, this is pop. This is rock. This is hair metal, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then for video games, it's based on, this is what the comments said. It said, video game genres are based on the gameplay instead of the story elements. Uh-huh. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Because you might say... Uh, South Park, the fractured butthole, mm-hmm. is an RPG because mm-hmm. of the way it plays. Mm-hmm. But if you looked at it like a film, it'd be a comedy genre. Right. right? So that's a comedy game. Right. Uh, the Witcher, you would say, is what? RPG. Okay. So what would what would be the film genre? Mm. Fantasy, Ac- yeah, drama? Yeah. Be f- uh, action be film? Action, yeah. An action film. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I really like that comment, so please comment again. I because I, I was trying to rifle through them and I, I missed that one, but I remember it stuck out in my head. I was like, that is so cool to think. Yeah, why don't we also give it sort of yeah. that genre? Like this is a drama, you know this this game is a drama mm-hmm. for sure. But this game is an action game. It's all about the action intensity. Yeah, yeah, because action can also can mean a lot of things, not just the way it plays. Right, pretty cool. Um, but it's tough. It really is tough to define based on just the gameplay, but. For me, an RPG, I think things like leveling, mm-hmm. experience points, mm-hmm. character growth, skill trees, skill trees. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. um, when you get into action, you know, open mm-hmm. world RPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, an RPG, when I when I see turn based combat, I think RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't always have to be a fantasy setting, but there, there's just those familiar em- elements. There's just something with a familiarity, especially with Final Fantasy, that just that's a Final Fantasy RPG. Right. So it's it's complicated. Uh, I, I apologize, Alex, that we can't solve the world's crises right now. Next up, Quest for Glory Gamer on YouTube. Why did I pull this one? All right, Gerald, you ready? Mm-hmm. I have a comment and a question for Gerald. Hmm. My question, why do you, hmm, mm-hmm, the majority of all digitally distracted episodes? <laughs> <laughs> you caught that, huh? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Joe. I just thought that was funny. Well, that was good. No, yeah. Quest for Glory. You know why? Because he wants he wants me to know that he's listening. Exactly. That's exactly why I do it. Nice guy. He's a nice guy, this Geralt. Charles Stewart from YouTube in the comments said, Just wanted to say thanks to both of you for all the digitally distracted playlists. Really helped me through my platinum playthrough of Nino Cooney which took 130 hours. Wow. Oh, yes, that's a big game. I assume you mean Nino Kuni 2, but maybe he's going through Nino Kuni 1. I don't know. Quick question. Do you have any old CRT television setups for your old games? 
Those just seem to be the best way to experience them and their small resolutions. Even though I have a 4K TV, I would rather play SNES on a 27-inch CRT. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah, I can appreciate that too. Um, I have the Frame Meister, which uh, can allow me to go HD and upscale everything. But at this point, I really just use the Frame Meister to upscale for capture for episodes. I don't really use the Frame Meister to go to my television. The Frame Meister is routed through it, but I don't really use it that way. And I play almost all of my pre-HD consoles on a PVM, which is a, a high-end CRT, which is on my desk right now. And I have all my retro consoles hooked up underneath it. And I just run RGB to the PVM, and they are beautiful the way I think they were intended to look. Uh, but I can definitely appreciate playing them through the Frame Meister, through an upscaler. But for a lot of people, that's not realistic. And also, for a lot of people, CRTs aren't realistic because they're huge, they're bulky. I have a couple consumer CRTs, but I notice I'm not using them. I have the PVM. It's smaller, but it's just it's crisp. It just looks good. Uh, I don't think you have any CRTs. I don't. Joe, but what's your opinion on that? Would you prefer? No, I would agree with that. Yeah, you know, CRT, CRT yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks for your question there, Charles. And uh, glad you're enjoying those playlists, keeping you through your several hundred hour RPG <laughs> playthroughs. All right. So if you have a question for the Q&A or a topic that you would like to suggest for Gerald and I to discuss on Digitally Distracted, you can leave it in the comments. You can leave it on the comments on the podcast because we are on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We're on Podbean, Stitcher, pretty much any platform you use to listen to podcasts it's available in an audio version so you can enjoy the AM asmr ramune experience mm. ramune oh that's fresh that's good that's original you can also find me on twitter use the hashtag digitally distracted so i can hunt down your topics questions and comments you can join the discord server you can also support the show on patreon that's really how this whole thing happened thanks to patreon but until next time, I'm Game Dave. I'm Gerald. Thanks for getting digitally distracted with us.